Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Ford drops back. He's in some trouble. He'll roll to the right side. He's dropping back. He's got a long way to go to get this yardage back. He gets back to his 30, the 45. He's got the yardage back. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. He slides to the 32-yard line. He just ran 100 yards on that play, it seemed, and takes it to the Calgary 32-yard line. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. Uh, surreal, electrifying run by Trey Ford on Monday. Morley Scott on the Elks this week last night, estimating probably about 107, 110 yards. The uh, total distance traveled on that play, went back from the line of scrimmage, came back, went diagonally, and uh, finally got into uh, the Calgary end before he slid. And a play that would be even more legendary if the Elks had hung on to win that game. But uh, Ford was asked today about that amazing run from Monday. So that play was uh, a little funky. We, we we actually ran the play wrong, uh, so we, we messed it up. I was tr- I was trying to get everybody on the same page, but uh, it was a play that we we've been a little bit confused about for a while. But uh, I mean, I thought we had it down, but we got out there and people were on the wrong side of the field, so I kind of just locked down on one guy. Uh, wasn't open, so then I was like, shoot, gotta try to make something happen. It was second and seven, and then you know got the first down, and then more grass opened up, and I took it. Uh, yeah, an amazing play, and as he was uh, ex- explaining, one that was uh, messed up, players lined up in the wrong spot, so he thought, well, I'll just go to my first read and see what I could do, and then he was forced to take off. Um, I mean, Ford with a record on Monday for rushing yards in a game by a Canadian quarterback. The passing game was not good, and we're going to talk about that as we go along here, but having said that... <sighs> Having a quarterback who can make plays, I guess basically turn disasters into big plays, is still an advantage. Now, you hope he doesn't have to do it very often. And we've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about still being a passer before a runner. And I think he wants to do that, but you can't deny what a weapon his legs are. Now, look, he was pressured a lot by Calgary. He might have to stay with some of his reads a little longer before he takes off and things like that. But you can't deny his ability to escape. And when I watch Trey Ford run, he is such a... It's almost like he is gliding. Like some people when they run, some athletes when they run, they're, they're furious runners. I mean, you know they're going fast, and they, and they look like they're going fast, or they, or they look like they're exerting a lot of effort as they're running, or, they're, you know, they're, or their arms and legs just seem to be spinning everywhere, and their feet look like they're clawing up dirt as they run. Ford just sort of glides. I mean, it's almost like he moves, and he's immediately at top speed, and then he can just effortlessly maintain it and even as he's making cuts or making jukes or fakes he can sort of keep going in the at the same speed and and he's incredibly elusive there was the one Calgary player who got a hand on the shoulder pad during that run on Monday but other than that very hard to take down he had that other long run in the first quarter where he almost scored so look as I said yesterday this is still a work in progress this is still a young quarterback um but you can't deny that the raw athletic gifts are there and the potential and, and I think the excitement for him of being the Elks quarterback for maybe several years. Again, he's, he has a lot to learn. 
the the passing game will have to improve. I mean, his longest completion on uh, on Monday was 17 yards. The, you have to be able to push it downfield better than that. But if you're starting from the basis of he's a threat with his legs and the other team has to worry about, that's something the Elks haven't had for a long I mean, Even as great as Mike Riley was, he couldn't run like Ford. Now, Ford can't pass like Riley yet. Maybe he will someday. I think it's going to be fun finding out. In my mind, he's a rookie quarterback. I, I know he played a bit last year, but this is now him being the guy. So, like I said, the playoffs are unlikely. I think a lot of the story there, even someone I know who works for the Elks said this to me a couple weeks ago. He said Ford will be the story the rest of the way. How much can he do? How much can he develop? How often can he help us win? And uh, and I guess from a business standpoint, how many tickets can he help sell? And uh, hopefully he helped uh, sell a few for Saturday for sure. Uh, Here's what Chris Jones had to say about Ford's amazing run. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, we've been defending that for two years, you know, so we know exactly, you know, what he can do. He's dynamic, dynamic player. Uh, there, there's a lot of, there's numerous positions that he could play. You know, he's athletic enough to play receiver or DB or running back. There's a lot of things he can play. Uh, he's uh, one of the fastest guys in the league, especially at quarterback position. All right, a little bit there from Chris Jones. Of course, that was the highlight of the game. Well, there were a few highlights for the Elks. I mean, they're actually scoring points, which they struggled to do much of earlier this season. You may remember there were a couple of games they didn't score at all. But it fell apart in the fourth quarter, outscored 22-3 by the Stampeders. Here's Ford. I feel like we had the three, three big penalties there. We had the two pass interference, and then we had the one holding. And, I mean, those those were killers. I feel like we were definitely going to go down and score that drive, and I feel like that would have closed out the game. Then we had to settle for the uh, the field goal. But, um, I mean, just little errors here and there. But, I mean, I'm excited to see where this team's going to go. For most of that game, Calgary was making more errors. They, they had some costly penalties. Uh, Mills, the running back who got the game-winning touchdown, took a stupid uh, – uh, penalty on the on the Elks five yard line in the third quarter drove them back and eventually they had to settle for a field goal when they had pretty much a sure touchdown first and goal from the five it looked like it was going to go the Elks way and then they just couldn't stop that passing attack and get the momentum back with their own offense in the uh, in the fourth quarter so as Ford kind of alluded to hopefully a learning experience and and cut out some of those small mistakes and you can put games like that away the passing game was not good. I, I mean, Ford has not attempted a lot of passing. I mean, he, that was the first time the last game where he, of his four starts in which he'd attempted more than 20 passes. Um, but he was more efficient in his first three starts and hit some more big plays. Those weren't there on Monday against the Stamps. And Chris Jones said, yeah, for sure, the offense needs to come through with more of a passing attack. Yeah, I mean, we've got to get the ball out of his hands. Yeah. We've got to give him some plays to, you know, give him some quick throws. And, and uh, you know, and we've got to – and then he's got to take the quick throws when they are there. So it's a combination of things. Uh, you have to give them credit. They they covered us up, so it made him have to move around at times. And so uh, – but like I say, I mean, he does a real good job and has a good feeling and knack for uh, moving around, buying time to throw the football. All right. What kind of pressure are the Stamps going to bring? How have the Elks and Ford adjusted to it? I think that's storyline number one coming up on Saturday. The latest edition of the CFL version of the Battle of Alberta, which Jones absolutely loves.
Oh, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's uh, highly competitive. Uh, again, Dave and his staff do a great job of, of coaching. You know, they, they've been in every football game, too. They've been in, you know, a couple of overtime games and, and uh, fourth quarter type tight games. And uh, unfortunately for us, they made enough plays to, to win the football game the other night. Uh, we've got to find a way to be able to play man coverage without, you know, taking, a, taking penalties. All right, so that's Chris Jones getting ready for Saturday. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Old Yeller texts in and says that was a gut punch of a loss, especially on Labor Day. I enjoy watching Ford and the run game is showing signs of life. Don't understand how the defense can look so good and then be picked apart so easily late in the game. The Elks have a lot of work to do, and learning to close out games like that is step number one. Uh, I think that's very fair. I think we've talked about some of those things. I, I think the uh, defense got a little too passive I know when you have a lead you don't want to give up an 80 yard touchdown or something like that but you can't also play with too much cushion and just say oh well I'll let him catch it and 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 run up and knock it down now when the Elks try to did try to cover a little closer they got pass interference calls but yeah they uh I mean that was tough I mean they finally get over 30 points um and and then the defense can't hold it. There have been other games, many other games this year, in which the defense, I thought, oh, geez, you know, the defense played at least average, maybe even really good, and the offense couldn't score. So, yeah, I mean, good teams put it all together, right? And the Elks aren't a good team right now. Sammy texts in and says, free iffy calls all went against the Elks in the fourth quarter. Seems like when you have a bad team, you never get those breaks. Uh, I think when you have a bad team, you lose, and then you remember those calls even more. I, I mean, the Elks won the the Grey Cup in 15, had championships in 03 and 05. Those are the three most recent ones. I, I remember games there that I thought were poorly officiated or calls that went against Edmonton. But if you figure it out, you, you don't remember them as much. I, I talked about the pass interference yesterday. I thought the one on McLaurin in the end zone, I don't think that should be called. And it wasn't initially called. Maybe they should get away with, maybe they should eliminate the challenge. I mean, all it does is really slow up the game. Um, but again, I think it's pretty hard to play defensive back in the league because unless you defend pretty much perfectly, you're, you're at risk of getting a flag. Got an unknown text here uh, wanting to give props to Stephen Dunbar Jr. It looked like he was uh, had a... In the texter's opinion, a lousy start to the game on Monday, but uh, the rest of the text has kind of gone away here. But his game improved as it went on, and it was a big part of why the Elks built up the lead to begin with. You know what? I'm glad that person wrote in about Dunbar because I think overall he's had a pretty good season. He's had a couple games with two touchdowns. He got two against Hamilton. And... And maybe we'd be talking about this play more if the Elks would have won. They call the trick play, which was great, right? Because the previous OC I I criticized for being creative, Jerry's Jackson calls Mm -hmm. a trick play in the red zone. Kyron Moore throws it to Stephen Dunbar. That was a great catch by Dunbar. Yes, he was open. Yes, the play fooled the Stamps defense. But Moore didn't exactly feather it in there. That was a bit of a bullet to the wrong shoulder on Dunbar. He had to twist around to catch it. I mean, often on those, if the play works and the receiver's wide open, you see the guy throwing the ball, give it a little bit of a lob and let the guy run underneath it. Uh, Dunbar had to make a really good catch on uh, on that one. I, no, I think he's had a pretty good year for the most part. It's just... You know, with Cornelius, uh, he was often missing the receivers with his throws. Uh, Ford more accurate, but are they throwing enough? 
you know, are, are they uh, are, are they calling enough pass plays? Is Ford able to convert enough pass plays before he scrambles? Because I do think it's a talented group of receivers, but that's a good text to give uh, Dunbar props from sure. Anything else you want to fit in, Kellen? Yeah, uh, one more from a great handle here. Shelly with a belly texting in tonight oh, and my. saying, <laughs> I don't think Ford will be as good as a lot of people are hoping. I don't like his delivery, and I think he's too small to play the style that he does. Having said that, I think he will learn from yesterday and will show improvement on Saturday. I'm calling a 10-point Elks victory in the rematch. Uh, it's hard to sweep this series. And, I mean, it's, the Elks are having a poor season. I mean, Calgary's not a great team. They're pretty mediocre themselves, which would lend itself towards a split. My attitude with Ford, as I've been saying, is let's find out. I mean, we got to find out. I, I think we'd kind of found out about Cornelius. I was ready to find out about Daigie, and who knows, maybe we still will at some point. But I, I would say, what have people been texting in? Let Trey cook. I mean, let him cook. Let's see what he can do. Uh, it's funny. Shelly with a belly says, I don't think he's going to be that good. Uh, was it Laserface? Larry wrote in yesterday and said, quit comparing him to Warren Moon, which no one is doing. But Let's find out. When Jed was on last week, Jed Roberts said he's got kind of a funky delivery with his arm action, but he gets the ball out. I would agree with Shelley uh, with a belly, and someone told me this earlier uh, this season as well, kind of not not off the record because I'm using it, but sort of anonymously, that is there a concern about how he plays that even as elusive as he is, that at some point he's going to get popped? And he's not as, as big as Riley or some of the other quarterbacks that have played in the league or played that style. And, and, and could something happen to him? I mean, even that play in the first quarter on Monday where he had the long run and then got pushed out of bounds and went hurtling over the side and kind of landed on his back, things like that are scary. So fair, fair comment. I mean, certainly you don't want this guy getting hurt because he could be the quarterback of the future. Okay, thanks for those. Uh, we're going to feature another quarterback when we get back. He's the Canada West Offensive Player of the Week, Eli Hetlinger from the Golden Bears. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Football home opener on Friday for the Alberta Golden Bears. They'll be taking on Manitoba. Bears are led by the Canada West Offensive Player of the Week, quarterback Eli Hetlinger. Eli, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How you doing? Well, I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show again, Eli, and uh, what a great start to the season for you and the Golden Bears. 33-9 win in Calgary on Friday, your Canada West Offensive Player of the Week. You went 21 for 31, 380 yards, 270-plus yard touchdowns. What was clicking for you in the passing game? Yeah, uh, obviously, I just want to shout out the the O line. Uh, if anybody should have received that award, it's uh, it should be the five men up front and everybody else who with protection. They uh, I was fortunate enough to have a an extended timeline back there and a clean pocket, and then yeah, just the receivers made plays. Carter Kettle uh, broke two touchdowns pretty long there, so huge uh, shout out to him. Colby Rosary. Uh, everybody who caught passes in that game uh, were making my life a lot easier. So it says a lot more about them uh, than it does probably about me. Eli, the Bears last season going three and five, trying to build on that this year, the importance and the mood that it sets winning that season opener. Yeah, no, it, uh, it was a great, uh, great feel. We, uh, we didn't quite get our preseason game. So 
Uh, it was nice to uh, start the year off on a win, the morale around the team. Uh, it's obviously uh, better than better than the alternative, but uh, we're we're definitely that's that's all it was is a, a opening win, and, and we got a long way to go uh, if we want to end up where we want to be. So we're now uh, on to Manitoba this Friday. Tell me a little bit about the Bisons, what you expect from this game, and what you expect from the fans too. Yeah, the the Bisons are uh, a, an athletic team. They got. Uh, a lot of uh, great players that uh, are, are athletes and move well. Um, it's any game in Can West is is never easy. So um, yeah, we we expect the team to come out hard, and, and we've been practicing hard all week to to prepare against them, and, and we'll look to execute that game plan on Friday. And it's nice to to have a home game. The UVA fans are are loud, and they they like to cheer us on. So it's always nice to to play in front of them. So I'm expecting. Uh, a loud game when they're on the field and, and kind of quiet when we're on the field so we can focus. So that'll be a, an addition for us. So last season, you were playing pretty well. You played a little over half the year. You got hurt in your fifth game. Tell me about dealing with that, getting through that recovery. Yeah, no, obviously uh, how, how things ended last season uh, wasn't ideal for me and, and how I went out. But, you know, uh, as a person of faith, I know God has a plan. Um, for me and for everybody. So I, I knew that was just going to be a part of my journey. Uh, and I just, my, my goal uh, after that happened was to, to try and to, to come back 110% from, from where I left off and, and not let that affect me or affect my play. So uh, yeah, it was just a long, long off season of, of uh, rehabbing, uh, working hard and, and making sure I, I'm able to come back. I, I came back better uh, then I left off and, and looked to continue that on um, Friday and then the rest of the season. So it was tough for a little bit, but I'm very grateful to have great coaches, family, and friends around me that uh, supported and, and uh, training staff and medical staff that uh, all helped me through that to, to get me back here this season. What was the injury and how long was the recovery, Eli? Uh, I just had a little bit of a lower body uh, injury. I won't quite disclose it in case anyone tries anything uh funny uh for it but yeah just a little uh low, lower body injury um and yeah it was just a uh, a couple month thing and, and now i'm back to uh to where i was jesus like you're training to be a coach someday the way you dodged that injury question eli that was pretty pretty deft of you <laughs> yeah, thank you <laughs> eli Hetlinger joining us tonight on inside sports quarterback for your golden bears football team they have their uh, home opener against manitoba coming up on Friday, and uh, you had a pretty cool summer as well. You had an opportunity with the Edmonton Elks. Uh, fill us in on how that came about and what you got to do. Yeah, so I was uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, have uh, gotten invited by the CFL um, to attend uh, both the Combine and the uh, the Edmonton Elks uh, training camp. Uh, they, they do an internship program where they send uh, quarterbacks they, that had good years to a CFL camp. I went to the Elks camp. Uh, I was fortunate enough to um, just kind of sit in uh, and be on the field during their practices. Uh, I learned a lot from uh, Taylor Cornelius, Trey Ford, Jared Daggy, uh, Coach Jackson, uh, Coach McAdoo, Coach Howell, Coach uh, Chris Jones. Um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. They definitely expanded my knowledge on football. And, uh, yeah, it, it uh, definitely helped me going into this season as well. And, and, yeah. 
So uh, having been around Trey Ford, he's kind of the talk of the town right now. Just uh, thoughts on, on some of the plays he's been able to make here with the Elks and, and your experience with him at Elks camp. Yeah, it's, uh, it goes back to how he practices. I, I was fortunate enough to see how he practices. He practices very hard. Um, he's very quick. Uh, after running some sidelines with him, I was, uh, I was humbled pretty quickly by his speed. But yeah, Trey, uh, Trey's a great guy. Great, great off the field person. Very, very kind and always, always willing to help people. And it's awesome to see now that he's getting an opportunity to uh, show stuff uh, with the Elks. And um, I'm very confident in in him and how they, the rest of their season will turn out. So, yeah, he's a great guy and great, great quarterback as well. Well, Eli, you have the makings of a great quarterback as well. Congratulations on the season opening win. Good luck this Friday against Manitoba. All the best. Thank you for your time, and uh, have a good rest of your day as well. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.